From Monday into Mysteries. Hi everyone, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Mundane to Mistress. I am your mostly friendly mistress, D20 Dom, and this is episode 8. If you've missed all of the extensive seven previous episodes, go check those out. Last time I sat here and chat it with you guys. I think I was talking about being POC and kinky and how I was faring in the community with that. That was episode seven, way back in February, before things got fucking crazy. Are you with me? Things really got crazy in March. And this is the first time I'm sitting down and recording something that isn't me guesting somewhere. So this episode, we're going to talk about a variety of things, and we're going to start with the elephant in the room. Going to talk about being kinky during this pandemic, COVID-19, and what you can do to do your part. Now, back in April, if you were reading my blog, which I know you were, I don't even have to say if you were, when you read my blog in April, there we go. I made a post that was talking about fighting for the community and kind of standing up for what you believe in because this was all still, you know, just unfolding before we all knew where it was going to go. And so even then in April, I had the same mentality that I have now and that I'm really steadfast in. And it's just, I am so, I'm so ashamed (laughs) and kind of surprised to see the community unfolding the way it is with this pandemic. You know, long before the pandemic actually broke out, I'm I'm I've been pretty like germophobic since forever. And so I already didn't like being in close spaces with people. I'm not really into other people's sweat, you know, things like that. But now even more so, now more than ever, I feel extra alert about all the things that are happening, all the things that I see online, all the places I see trying to open. Um, Right now, I would say that the community has kind of lost control. And I said this back in April, and I'm still saying it now in July, I still think the community hasn't gotten control the way we should. This isn't necessarily due to any one, you know, group's part, but on a whole, I think Things have gotten out of control in the world, and that's scaled down on an even, you know, smaller microchasm scale where we're seeing it within our community. And everything people are doing right now seems to be driven by fear. And when you're in that state of being scared and being fearful of things, you're not really thinking as clearly as you could. And so right now, because we don't have any true leaders, I'm using air quotes here, in the key community, from anyone that everyone collectively looks up to, everyone's kind of just running amok. And I'm seeing a lot of weird things online, such as people trying to hold parties or people still saying they're going to hold 50 person events, still trying to go ahead with outdoor camping events, trying to hold pool parties, trying to do all of this, in my opinion, really dumb, dumb shit. Because God forbid we have to shelve kink for a few months while the world 
collectively gathers as proverbial shit because none of us know what's going on. And anytime I've engaged with someone who's kind of trying to read me, you know, their their spiel on why it's okay to still have kinky events or whatever else they're planning, they all want to come back to me and say something to the extent of like, well, you know, kinky activities are risky. This is another risk we're taking, yada, yada, yada. And to that, I'm just going to say, fuck you. That is just not true. I'm sorry. That is not true. Having a risk because you're doing edge play or because you've agreed to do extreme bondage is very different than deciding with your mostly sane mind in the middle of a global pandemic that you are going to go against the advice of the World Health Organization. That to me does not sound like a risk that cannot be avoided. That sounds like a risk you're willingly walking into. And beyond that, until everyone has a vaccine, we still have to remember there are going to be people who are walking around. There's someone you may have met today or yesterday or last week or you'll meet next month or whatever who are going to be carriers and not even realize that they're carriers of the novel virus. They're not even going to know that because they're not going to have any fevers. They're not going to have any achy joints. They're not going to have any of the symptoms that WHO has told us to watch out for. But they're still going to be able to pass on that virus to other people. So even when people are telling me they're going to, you know, do the questionnaire, because we know no one ever lies on questionnaires. I've never lied on a questionnaire. Sure. (laughs) And taking, you know, temperatures at the door and things of that nature are not going to matter beyond that very moment. You're getting a very small look into that person's health at that moment. So even though you're trying to practice social distance, once you get into an enclosed area that doesn't have what I'm assuming to be what none of us have are these these air filtration systems that are going to take the particulate out of the air and flush in new air and take out all the old air so that germs are not being pushed back over and over again through multiple rooms. I don't think any regular home is suited for that. I don't know that many BDSM clubs are going to be equipped with that either. I mean, some of our local BDSM clubs are still trying to get air conditioning, God forbid. So I know they don't have these these air filtration systems. You're going to be in an enclosed space, even if you're six feet away, and you're all going to be sharing airspace, okay? And people are sweating. People may be doing other things. I mean, no one can help sweating. So you've already got that. Got to make sure everyone's wiping down everything. I know that one of the camps that was going on, people were talking about trying to have some sort of buddy system where everyone watched everyone, you know, who watches the watchman. And it's kind of just seems stressful. I don't want to be in that where I have to watch out for other people doing stuff because then... I'm not going to be able to get into the right mindset that I need to be in. But I also don't want to feel like I'm being watched for something that I'm doing wrong. None none of that sounds fun to me. None of that sounds fun at all. And so to me, that alone would be a reason for me not to attend any of these events. But these swinger events, these play parties, the pool parties, the clubs, the... um, you know, the camping things, none of this makes sense to me because what I'm more worried about is that, one, we've got contact tracing. At least we should be doing more on contact tracing. 
But let's just say there's an event in a particular state and they've got 50 people and say 40 people show up. And out of those 40 people, let's just say 10 people are sick with coronavirus and don't know when they come in contact, etc. Those 40 people go out into the world after this camping event that weekend and they infect more people and more people. And once they start getting a larger picture of where these people came from, what state they were at, what event they were at, so they're, they're probably going to be able to deduce, okay, this event was here and it was in this place at this time. Hmm, what does that say to me? And they're going to be able to figure out that it probably came from the same event, which just happens to be a kink event. And I don't know about you guys, but if you are in the community, then you may be worried about being outed and you should be. And this is one of those things that could absolutely out you. Because if you're going to err on the side of complete honesty with the medical professionals who you may end up seeing if you do get coronavirus from an event like this, you're going to have to tell them where you were. And you're going to have to tell them the most people you're around. And that's probably going to be the kink event that you were at. And once you say that, now you've outed some other people who may be coming in contact with these medical professionals. And beyond that, what if that were to get into the headlines? Do you know what kind of political, you know, just that would just be that would just be a great political arguing point just for anyone to have a, you know, they would they would definitely call us like sex deviants and like sex party gone wrong. And it would be a whole thing and it would not be good for the community. So beyond contact tracing, which makes it scary to know that you could be outed without realizing you're being outed if other people get sick is who you're coming in contact with after you leave said event like this okay once you leave this event even if you did everything you could in your power even if you washed your hands for 20 seconds like you're supposed to every time you came in contact with someone you used hand sanitizer if you were still lucky enough to have some you stayed six feet away but Whatever. It doesn't, you know, coronavirus doesn't care what you did or who you are or how old or young you are, how much precautions you took. You still have that chance that you could get it and you could get it from someone who wasn't showing any symptoms. And so now you're going to take this virus home to whoever you're with, your partners, you know, maybe your colleagues if you're back to work, uh, maybe in the grocery store when you go grocery shopping or you come in contact with children or anything else. This is one of those things that just kind of has a snowball domino effect that I don't think is worth the risk. No one is going to be able to say, you know, Thank you. You decided on this risk for yourself, but somehow I have been infected or I have been affected by it and I'm okay with that. That's not that's not okay. It's not going to be okay. And so rather than get into this big debate about mass being a political, you know, a political symbol or whatever, etc., I still stand by what I said in April, which was just stay the fuck home. Our country, America, because I'm here, so I'm speaking about what we've done here. We have done a crap job of containing coronavirus, okay? We just 
literally have given no fucks about it and have hoped it will just go away because we're all bored and horny and we want to get out and we want to see our friends and see our partners and be super kinky and go to this party even though it's ill-advised or whatever else. And it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Because once you make a decision like that, you're in essence putting everyone you meet after that into risk. Now, I say that because many people who attend these events are not going to have the option of going to this event and then self-isolating for 15 days to be sure they don't have anything. That's just not going to be realistic for a lot of people. They're not going to be able to not come into contact with anyone for 15 days. I just don't see that happening. And if they are, great, good for you. But think about all the other people who went to that event who probably won't be able to do that. And then ask yourself, is it worth it? Because in my eyes, it's still not worth it. And this is why I'm so annoyed to see these sort of parties and things still going on and still being promoted. And I'm kind of annoyed that FetLife won't even crack down on, on this. They won't shut down events on these things. But this is just totally irresponsible, okay? And it's it's predatory in nature to sort of promise people something that you know they're going to want, like kinky parties and kinky events and play opportunities, when you know you shouldn't, okay? It's, it's immoral if you're going to continue to ignore the advice of all the specialists and who are going to be way more qualified than we are to talk about this, even than me to talk about. And that's the thing. I don't know enough about it. So I'm erring on the side of trusting the professionals who are in charge of this. So if you see events like this online or happening locally, I urge you to try and let someone know. Let someone with more clout than you know, put it on FetLife, put it somewhere, let other people know, because I know people are going, kind of going in a roundabout way of using Eventbrite and things like that. That will get shut down as well. Again, you don't really want to bring any unnecessary spotlight towards the community because it's, it's going to reflect on all of us, whether we want it to or not. And so if you really do care about this community, then you should really stay the fuck home, okay? Don't I don't care how horny you get. I don't care how much you miss people. I don't care how much you just want to be spanked one time. It's not worth it. And it's just not fair. And we're never going to be able to beat this virus as long as people keep using personal excuses to disobey the advice of health officials who are working night and day to try and optimize the best possible solutions on how we all can work together. And that's part of working together. If you really give a shit about this community and you really want to be a part of it and like you want to be a integral and positive influence on it, then don't attend these events. Don't go to any events where there's quote unquote kinksters meeting up together. Because this is threatening the very fabric of humanity, not just kinksters, but the very fabric of humanity by making people sick. And again, sooner we can recover on a whole, then the sooner that the subculture of BDSM and kinksters can actually recover. And you can still do a lot of kinky things, even if you don't leave your house. You guys know every second Friday of the month, I'm doing my Femdom Friday virtual workshop with datingkinky.com. There's a lot of other virtual kink classes happening. 
I've seen virtual scale shows happening. I've seen online munches. I've seen online date, you know, like what do they call speed dating, kinky speed dating. I've seen that online. I've seen people doing kinky game night. I've seen, I've seen tons of online things that people have been doing and virtual things. And I've seen lots of new chat groups and discord groups open up. So if you are lonely and it is about like that human element that you're missing, there are ways you can get that. There are ways that you can, you know, get that back in your life without risking yourself and risking others. Because that's the thing beyond anyone else getting sick, you have to think of yourself. It's not worth it to put yourself at risk for, you know, a party or an event or a spanking or a choking. I know those things are really awesome, but I don't think they're worth your life. And so I just don't think that we should look at this as, you know, an opportunity to say, well, I've waited this long you know, isn't it safe now? It's really not. It's not safe now. It's not safe until they tell us it's safe. And I don't know when it will be safe again. And I know that sucks. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to hear and to accept. But that is the reality. Is that if there was ever a time to support your local clubs, dungeons, any of the BDSM boards, any munches, any community you've ever felt a connection to, you can do that virtually and you can donate whatever you can. It doesn't matter how small. A lot of places don't care how small. They're just happy that you are thinking of them. And you can think about possibly volunteering whenever these bans get lifted, whenever that is. But the most important thing is that you stay the fuck inside. Because honestly, if you want a community for tomorrow, you have to think about your actions today. Otherwise, the community that you knew is not going to be there when you get back. There's not going to be anyone there because we're all going to be too sick. We're all going to be possibly worse. Um, and it's just going to take a long time to get over this coronavirus if we all just cannot get on the same page about staying in. So remember that it's, you're not making the decision that the risk is okay for you you're making the decision that the risk is okay for you and everyone else who you have not asked, is this risk okay for you? And you're never going to be able to get an okay, yeah, this risk is okay from everyone. You're not. And that's, again, that's the harsh reality of it. So if you were a kinkster and you were thinking about going to a party, I don't care if there's three people or 30 people, don't go. It's not going to be worth it. Seriously. Think about your community. And I know there's people who are going to be saying like, oh, but D20, like I'm far away from my partner and I don't know what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? That is where lovely long distance play comes in. Now, again, I had a film down Friday about this, but there are lots of things you can do for playing during a pandemic. Even though we're in uncharted territory, we all know someone or have been in a relationship that was long distance at some point, me included. And one of the things that really drives us to realize that, you know, we're, we're in this, we're in this unique situation is going to be how we have to alter the way 
that we're acting and interacting with people. And so maybe this is someone that you used to see once a week or a few times a month. And now you guys live in different states. I'm in a place where you can drive in three different states and be there in about 10 minutes. And so crossing state lines to go get some booty might not really be worth it. So you can do long distance play if you want and, you know, sit down and talk with your partners about that and try and find out if that's something that you guys are interested in. And there are a thousand, there's just thousands and thousands of suggestions on how to play with someone online and how to keep your long distance relationship or kinky relationship going over a long distance. As someone who had to do this for a couple of years with their partner, I know all about this. And so for me, I am going to share with you a quick outline of one month of what it would be like to try and do something long distance with someone. And again, just like all other aspects in DS and relationships in general, there's not going to be one right answer to anything. There's probably only very few wrong answers since most of the latter is going to be anything that compromises your safety or trust with someone. So again, this is my outline of what you can do for a month of trying to stay in contact with your kinky partner. So on the first week that you guys are deciding to do this, lay the groundwork, you know, let each other know what you're going to do, what you're interested in doing. This is kind of going to be your playbook of what you guys are going to do, what ideas you want to, you want to do, and then get right to it. Get to sexting like you've never sexted in your life, okay? When you can't physically be together, technology is always going to be your best friend. And it's kind of cool to get a notification knowing that it might be sexy text or sexy photo or something else. That kind of excitement is what we're going to try and build on. And so sext like your life depends on it and the great thing about sexting is that there's a lot of possibilities especially for bdsm dynamics you guys can send pictures of each other you can you can send pictures of things that you think look like certain things you can ask to see certain things etc and so just make sure that you guys are on the same page with sexting make sure you've laid out the hours because i know there's a lot of people who have children home with them make sure you're not sexting during like kids kids time or dinner time or anything like that. But otherwise, go ahead and sex to your heart's content. And if you are sexting, don't do that weird thing where you like are totally unresponsive for a long time after you guys have been sexting consistently. Don't leave someone hanging because that kind of sucks. So make sure you're paying attention. And anything you're doing, try to be creative with it. Don't go for what you guys usually do. Try to think outside the box because you're away from each other. And so now you can do all kinds of crazy things that you can do. Um, I like leaving voice notes as well. Voice notes can be pretty hot if you ask to hear certain things said or read certain things. Your sexting partner is probably going to appreciate anything you do in this realm. Um, and when it comes to DS... It, you again, it's it's endless. You know, a dom could text a sub that they have to send them a certain picture of themselves tied up, and then when they receive the picture, they can tell the sub of a story about how they would play with them when they're in that compromising position, etc. 
words are going to be an important tool of communication and how you guys keep this, you know, whatever it is you had going, going. And so make sure to be fully able to verbalize all the dirty, nasty, kinky stuff you're hoping to do. Now, the second week is when you can play a little bit more with the images. Okay, visuals are super important when sexting. And in the age of social distancing, the more pictures you have of someone, the better. So spend some time cultivating a small library of naughty pics or videos so that when you want to sex them or when your partner asks for them, you have them on the ready in case you're somewhere you can't send it. And the other thing you can do is try to keep in mind that if the relationship or dynamic isn't growing and it's and it's weathering then you can just stop and ask this person what is going on with them or let them know what you need um it's you want to try and keep this forward momentum going and there are going to be days where you don't feel like sexting there's going to be days when you don't want to give orders or receive orders and all you have to do is communicate this with the person that you're that you're trying to do this with the person that you're keeping up with long distance you just got to let them know what's going on with you but pictures are an amazing way to keep your partner in the loop so that they don't lose touch with you and it's good for your psychological connection with this person and it's going to make them feel good knowing that you took pictures for them. The third week is where you guys can get into some role play. We all know that imagination is an important tool in any long distance dynamic, especially BDSM. And so you know, again, talk about what's okay for you guys to role play and then share your fantasies with each other, whatever these role plays are, and then try to get each other in this headspace where you can have some in-depth sexual, um, you know, role play going. You can do this with voice or in text or on video if that's up to you. And this is where any sort of naughty vocabulary is going to come in handy you want to really be mindful of the words that you're using. It might even feel silly at first to find the words to say, like, I want you to do this thing to me that you not, you're not used to asking for. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it. And the more real the role-playing is going to be, you can, like I said, talk on the phone. You can, you can just do it in voice text. Um... Think about how you're saying things when you're role-playing, you know, maybe try and use a different accent, get dressed up, even if it's just in your house, maybe you can send pictures to each other. Um, this is like, this is like the creme de la creme of like phone sex. This is where it comes in. So this is, this is good for you guys to feel out some things that you may have been just talking about, but you hadn't done in person or just to try something different that you had never thought you tried before. And so instead of saying something like, I tie you up and I spank you, you can say something like, your wrist strain against the rope, holding you in place as I bring my hand down on your stinging flesh. And so that sounds a little bit different. You want to try and get inside your partner's mind so that you can build up a convincing scene just like you would in person. You can turn your role playing into a very memorable sexual experience for both of you. I know there's role-playing things that I've done that stick with me 
much more than physical things that I've done. And that's, that's just something that I really enjoy is, is any sort of role play. And it seems to be a lot of things that other people enjoy. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can go the teacher student, <laughs> the maid master route. You can do any of that. It's whatever it's it's whatever your imagination can think up for you guys. And then the last week, this was where I was leading up to is the video chat. You know, the scenic beauty of someone's body can really just throw arousal for both people or more through the roof. And this is one where, you know, you can give, receive, or be instructed on what you want to do or what you want to see. Video playtime is going to help keep you connected because you're going to be able to literally show your arousal if that's something that you guys are interested in doing. It's going to help ease some of the stress that you may be feeling by the forced separation. And it can even help you become more comfortable with some things that you might not have been comfortable with before. Be things that you can incorporate once you see each other again. So keep that in mind. You can also do things like self-punishments. I know that's a thing where if you've given some orders and you're long distance and normally you would do this type of punishment for someone, maybe they can do that for themselves now and show you proof that they've done that. It can be a lecture or essay or even just sexual chastisement, anything like that, anything they can think of taking away privileges. Um, even doing online public punishments can be a thing that you might not have done face to face, but now you guys are apart. No matter what kind of play you do with each other, remember you still need aftercare, as silly as it sounds. And aftercare is a step that should really never be overlooked. It doesn't matter if you're in a long distance BDSM relationship or you're just in a relationship long distance. Um, if you guys have done something intense together, trying to cuddle and talk and, um, you know, when you've got the cuddling out of it, you've got the talking. So it's, it's really tricky for long distance couples. And one of the things that I found helped a lot was to have a comfort item for each other. So maybe you guys share exchange or share a shirt or stuff animals or something else that is a representation of cuddling and closeness. And it's really important for you to kind of talk about what aftercare looks like or what you might need after a role play or after a heavy sexting session or after a video call or anything like that. You want to check up on each other. Make sure that each of you are okay after whatever you experienced. And again, follow up one more time because I, I like to just double check. I like to make sure that people I've played with are okay. And, you know, BDSM is going to take commitment to your emotional well-being. And long-distance dynamics should always try and remember that aftercare is is important. And even if someone says they don't need it, if you need it or if you want it, let them know that you need it or you want it. There's a lot of apps right now that you guys can use to talk to each other, to show things. There's Snapchats, there's Desire, there's there's Haytel, which is like a walkie-talkie app that lets you instantly give out commands or, you know, repeat commands back, depending on if that's what you guys are doing. And it's just important to remember that 
this is going to have its own set of challenges, but it's still going to be possible to keep the sexual spark alive. As long as you have enough imagination and you don't give up, you'll be fine. That's what I love about BDSM. It has a huge realm of possibilities that can really spice things up. It doesn't matter if you're really close or really far away. As long as you guys communicate with each other and are willing to explore each other's fantasies, then you guys can probably still enjoy a really healthy um, relationship that's going to bring you even more emotionally closer together on the other side of it. That's my hope. And so now I will move on to the kinky question of the day, which was asked by Abby. Abby asked, my boyfriend wanted to do some light BDSM play, but I chickened out last minute and he did not react too well and got angry at me because he said that I riled him up, but I did not come through. Now I am doubting our relationship. How should I feel about this? First, let me say, I am very sorry, Abby, that that was your experience. It was very cool of you to be open to the idea of that. And there is nothing wrong with you changing your mind at the last minute, okay? I want you to understand, you do not know, owe anyone anything. You, don't, you do not owe a perceived, you know, play date with your boyfriend just because you said you would. You are allowed to change your mind at any point, even if you had decided to go through and five minutes in, you could have said, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. That's not for me. And so please don't feel bad. I know that he got angry at you, which is unfortunate. He was disappointed, which is understandable, but getting angry is not really fair because, um, it's just not. We're Like I said, we're all entitled to whatever it is that we are comfortable with and want to do and not do. And that was totally up to you. But a lot of us get angry when we don't get our ways and we don't get what I want. And he really wanted to do that. And when he didn't get it, then he threw a little hissy fit, I'm assuming. So the best thing I can say is that you have, you have really got to witness something, which is that he is willing to try and guilt you into sexual, you know, escapades, I guess I'll say. And that's not really fair. That's not something you want in a partner. I mean, I'm speaking personally. You have started to doubt this relationship, and I am assuming that it has something to do with the way he reacted to you deciding to change your mind. Now you can see that you guys might be looking at different things. You might be... You might view, you know, words differently and actions differently. Um, I would certainly be in your position of feeling like I was doubting, you know, my relationship with someone if that's how they responded to me. And the best thing, Abby, that I can tell you is to sit down and really think about what you want. Think about what you what you've learned in this relationship about yourself and try to go from there. You know, you're not going to be compatible with everyone you date. That's just the reality of it. Most of us are going to have to go through a lot of relationships with a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of craziness, a lot of chaos, and a lot of amazing stuff before we find our match. And so maybe your match is still waiting out there. Hopefully your boyfriend sees the error of his ways and apologize. If you haven't already, let him know how he's made you feel. Because regardless of what you end up deciding, you wouldn't want him to treat you like this again. And you certainly would hope that, you know, he wouldn't treat someone else like this 
if not you down the road. And so make sure to stick up for yourself and stand, stand your ground. You know, you, you made a decision and that's totally okay. And let him know how he made you feel and let him know that going forward or, you know, in other cases, you don't want to be made to feel guilty because it's not a good feeling. And it's not really a good way to treat someone who you, you care about and who you want to do sexy things with. Certainly guilt has never made me wet. I'll tell you that for sure. So thanks for asking that question, Abby. I'm not sure if that's the answer you wanted, but that's the one you're getting. Um, <laughs> if anyone else wants to send me a kinky question of the day or any other questions that they think I can answer, hopefully kinky, then be sure to reach out. I'm on Instagram as d twenty two zero dom D-O-M-M-E. I'm also on FetLife with the same name. And you guys know that I have my website, from mundane to mistress you can always check me out there and i will be back next month with some good stuff i'm not going to promise you anything because every month i seem to promise stuff then something crazy happens so we'll just see what we talk about next month from mundane to mistress